Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right, so we are talking about grace and gratitude uh, as it is revealed in the Old Testament. This is part two. And uh, let me start by saying this. With every stage of the believer's life, God's grace is not only essential, but instrumental and utterly vital for anything of lasting eternal significance that will ever take place in your life. Grace is essential and vitally important. Grace was bestowed upon us not so that we can use it as a crutch that would keep us bound in our dysfunctions, but grace was given to us so that we can advance the cause of Christ. Let me say that one more time. Grace was not given to us to become a crutch to keep us bound to our dysfunctions because people tend to say, well, if I do this, I'll just go and repent. Well, that's your crutch and you're bound in your dysfunctions because obviously you didn't repent the first time because regret and repentance are totally two different things. So maybe you were sorry about it, but maybe you just didn't repent. Because repentance means you actually do a 180 and you go in a different direction. Hello, somebody. Repentance is not doing a 360-degree turn because you're in the same spot you were. So you have to make a conscious decision to change your mind. That's what repentance means. It's a changing of your mind. It's a changing of how you think, a changing of the way you process things. And that is not going to happen just because you say a prayer. Maybe this is why so many Christians struggle so much is because they said the prayer and all of a sudden they expect this big change. Change happens over time. Hello, somebody. You didn't get in your relationship with your wife in one night. Over time, you develop a trust relationship. You begin to see character flaws in each other. And in spite of all of those flaws, you decided to love each other. You've been through trials and tribulations with one another. You've, you've been broke. You've had money. You hit with, with, with things in your life from a medical perspective, children, different things that happen in your family. But you decided to stay together. And before long, after 10, 20, and 24 years like me and my bride, man, we got something that's stronger than anything. So can't nobody just roll up on me and offer me some new thing? because you might not understand what it took to get to this place of 24 years so that new thing can't give me what I already got in the old thing see there cannot be some new religion to come up and and, and talk to me about oh man you're better than this but I got a new way of doing things you don't have to read the bible you don't have to learn about the blood of Jesus you don't have to learn about the cross of Calvary I got a new religion for you but you might not understand what it took with me and Jesus to get to this point of marriage so I'm just not going to stop this marriage just to pick up some little new thing who am I talking to today There are three areas of blessings that must be defined. And let me show you this. Justice, mercy, and grace. And a lot of times we don't know the difference. So I thought I would just give you just a little brief sentence so that you can understand what the differences are. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is being given what we do not deserve. Justice 
is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And grace is being given what we do not deserve. Not one of us deserve grace. Come on, all the hell we've been through and people we've heard and folks we cussed out. Now, see, now y'all trying to get holy now, aren't you? Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never used a bad word ever in my life. I just, I just prayed about it. I just went in tongues, and I got consecrated, and then I went back into the area. Yeah, you lying. Now, I think pretty much all of us has had some words, shared some words with somebody that were kind of off, you know, kind of out of the way, you know. You got a little... You know, you got a, you got, you got a little salty, right? Man, I'm just, I'm gonna be nice. You just got a little salty, right? I've, I've gotten salty. I've, I've, this week. So, you know, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. I mean, praise the Lord. You know, I, I, yeah, I got a deal in truth. So I had to get a little salty uh, this week. You know, and so when you're building a house, you gotta get salty. Right, and so people tend to just want to do anything, and and you know I don't accept just anything, you know you're gonna do it with excellence, so you're getting out. So so this this is how I feel about it, right? So sometimes we get a little salty, and there are certain things that we've been through in our past. But I just thank God for His grace that His grace was given to me when I didn't deserve it, and I knew I didn't deserve it. I knew I didn't deserve to be saved because I knew my life, I knew what I had been doing, I knew what I was doing, but I just didn't think that a good loving God could love somebody like me. I just couldn't see how he would die for me. I didn't understand how to appropriate that in my life. The main reason why I couldn't see it is probably the main reason most people don't see it in church today is because we're too man-centered. We, we think that our minds can figure out his holiness. We think our minds can figure out faith. We, we think that somehow we can discern spiritual things in a natural way. But, the man, but listen, but those natural things cannot be, be discerned unless you are in the spirit. I'm sorry, the spiritual things cannot be discerned unless you are in the spirit, right? And so sometimes when we are in, in, in this natural man and, and our mindsets and, and we're trying to figure out, man, I, I, I want to do this, but that's, that right there is just not making sense. Then how in the world can this Red Sea split? I don't understand that, God. How in the world, when I look at stuff like this, these things are happening? How in the world can he walk on water? How in the world can I see some of these things happening in the Bible? And how does that make sense? Because it has to be spiritually discerned. Amen? And so I want you to catch this because there are some fundamental things that I want you to catch here uh, that we need to learn. And I think... This is going to help somebody, right? Because grace can't be earned and it cannot be paid back. But there's several life lessons about grace that we need to glean from these Old Testament scriptures. Last week I taught you about when they came, let me just set the backdrop here so we'll know where we're going. When they got delivered out of Egypt, everybody remember that story? I'm not talking about the one that Hollywood portrays because it's not right, right? So I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the real story. So the night before they got the exodus, the word exodus in Hebrew means the way out. So the night they came out, they had to do something. Moses had a command. He said, you need to kill a lamb uh, for every family. And they were to take the blood and put the blood on the doorposts and the lintels of the house. And if they did that, they need to go in the house and stay in the house. Let me say that one more time. They were to put the blood on the house 
And once they put the blood on the house, they were to stay in the house. There was no need in peeping. So once you're in the house, you need to stay in the house. In other words, saints, if God wants you covered by the blood, stay under the blood. Ain't no need for you to go out there into the world to try to figure out, well, man, I ain't having no fun. So I'm going to go back out into the world, and you're going to get caught up in some stuff, and it's going to be harder for you to get back. Amen? And so just stay in the house. Somebody said, stay in the house. So that was the night, and God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the death angel will not come to your house. Now we know that right after that, man, that was soon after that, Pharaoh said, listen, I'm sick of every last one of y'all. I would have been too, amen? So he said, get your stuff, get your crap, get out. So they began to leave, but one thing you may not remember about that passage, I'm paraphrasing, you got to go back and read it for the sake of time, is that when they left Egypt, do you guys know they didn't leave broke? For the Bible said they spoiled the Egyptians because the Egyptians was like, look, you guys got to go. Here's all my stuff here. Take it. Just take it. Just get out. So in other words, there's another passage that said that the children had sacks of gold and silver coming out of Egypt, leaving, heading towards the Exodus. So in other words, saints of God, God's grace means that it's just not for you. It's also for the generation for your children. So that's his blessing, right? So when they came out, this is where I've been trying to get to. So when they came out, Kardesh Barnea, Canaan, was right there. It's about six weeks away. They could have walked there. It was like they could see it. It's like right there. Somebody, somebody look over there. Say, it's right over there. It's right over there. So it was right over there. So Moses said, we're going this way. <laughs> and so the people said, Mo, Mo, are you hearing God? Mo, it's right there. It's, it's right there. We can just go right there. Moses said, no. God said, go this way. Now, I just read you the passage that said why. Right? So, in other words, let me just give you this quote right here that the Lord gave me. The shortest route is not always the best route because you will bypass some of life's most important lessons. So, when I began to see that because that was the shortest route. You could have gone that route. There are certain things in your life you can take the shortest route. But that shortest route may not be the best route because you might bypass some of life's lessons that you can learn when you do go the long way. So he had to take them the long way because when they came out, they came out as slaves. He was trying to turn them into soldiers. They came out as orphans and he was trying to turn them into sons. And so you can't do that unless you go through something. Okay. All right. Are you sure you're ready for this one? So each crucible experience is designed to bring forth in us a fuller participation, appropriation, and qualification in sonship. I say participation because you got to start learning how to live the resurrected life. I say appropriation because you got to learn how to reign in him. And I say qualification because you got to learn how to lose the old man and realize the new man. These are some very short fundamental things that we have to learn because when we go through our wilderness experience, he's teaching us some things. So the first lesson that we got to learn here is to live, multiply, and possess. You see, all they had to do was just listen to the commands of the Lord. And if they had done that and just observed them, the word observe doesn't mean just hearing the words. The word observe means hearing the word, doing the word, believing the word. 
So it's not enough just to read this word. You got to believe it. You got you to soak in it. You got to apply it to your life each and every day. You can read this Bible just like you're reading a John Grisham novel, and it won't do anything for you. But when you read this word, understanding that this is truth that you can live by, and you begin to appropriate that in your life, you begin to live it in your life, and then you can live, you can multiply, and you can possess everything that God has for you. So he says live. So one of the things that I, I always thought about was the Psalm 118, 127 says, he says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And John 10, 10 says, I am come that you have life, but that you have it more abundantly. I, Saints, I don't know about you, but I, I thought that when I got saved, oh my God, I was living then. That was just, whoa, I'm saved now. I thought I had arrived. I didn't realize all the other stuff that I had to do to stay saved. Right? Like, like my, my daddy said, it's easier getting something than keeping it. Right? So you got saved, now you got to stay saved. So there are certain things you got to put in place to stay saved. Now, here, here's where most Christians are. We settle for the redemptive work of God. Not understanding that I wonder what would have happened to Adam if he had not sinned. So you'll be straight. I like that answer, Sam. But will we still need grace? You're doggone right. So here's what I'm saying. Grace was there before Adam fell. So I'm wondering, if grace was there before Adam fell, then grace is not just redemptive. <laughs> because if Adam had not fell or fallen, then he would still need to use grace to advance the cause of his father. So once we get saved, saints of God, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Right. And but I, I feel this is where a lot of people uh, in church now, this is this is the difference between the right men, 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 elder was talking about this this morning. This is the difference between the rugged cross and today's modern cross. See, there's a difference. See, the rugged cross. They don't even want to talk about the rugged cross. Because at the rugged cross, you talk about the blood of Jesus, you talk about sacrificing, you talk about, you know, living in holiness and righteousness, you talk about those things. See, the modern day cross is just come to the Lord, he loves you, don't matter what you've been doing, you know, just come on down to the altar, doesn't matter if you've been, if you've been living in hell all week, that's fine, just come back next week and it's going to be alright and he's got great things planned for you and he wants you to buy a brand new house and he wants you to be rich and that's the modern-day cross. See, the modern-day cross wants you to live. The rugged cross wants you to die. And when I say die, I mean die to self. Right? Die to the flesh. Die to the self-life. That now you die to having a man-centered mindset, to having a God-centered mindset. Right? This kind of preaching is not very popular because this kind of preaching forces you to change this kind of preaching don't just accept any old thing this kind of preaching will help you get closer to God 
Hello, somebody. So we're not here just to live. We're to live more abundantly, saints of God. A lot of Christians are still waiting for the Father to give them something when the Father has instructed us. Listen, he told you to live, but he told you to multiply. Take what you got and do something with it. What do you have? What God said do you have right now? What has God blessed you with right now? What gifts and talents do you have right now? What are you doing with them? Are you sitting on them? Maybe you don't know what they are. And why don't you know what they are? Because you should know what God has blessed you with. Stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Ask God what I should be doing and then do it. And then multiply it and possess what God has called you to possess. That way you won't get jealous when other people are doing what they're supposed to do and God is blessing them because you're too busy focusing on what God has for you to do so God can bless you. Amen. This is the place where I need everybody in the church to get to. Because this is the place where, man, you're just happy. You take joy when somebody gets blessed. Why? Because you know your blessing is coming. It might be your winter right now, and it's somebody else's summer. But don't worry because the seasons change. One day it's going to be your summer, and you can be there for somebody else's winter. I don't mean to scream. I'm sorry. I'm passionate about this thing because I want you to live the abundant life. And the abundant life, listen to me very carefully, all of you, the abundant life has nothing to do with things. God is not interested in you having things. You can pray for things all day long, but that doesn't mean you're close to God. You know what God wants? You. He wants you, all of you, not half of you, not some of you. He wants all of you, all of you. Everything we should do, we should do it unto the Lord. Amen. Now, now, listen, I had to repent because a lot of my preaching has been come to church so God can bless you. Come to church, God can save you. Come to church, God can deliver you. Come to church, God has something special for you. Come to church, God can heal you. Come to church, you can be refreshed. You know what this is all about? You. Not once in there I said anything, come to church so you can be with him. That's why I had to repent to him, and I'm repenting to you right now because that's not church. Church ain't ain't, church is not about you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to let you down. I'm sorry. I just I, I tried to do it lightly, but it ain't about you. Church is about him. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that sent his son for you. So you got to figure out, saints of God, where do I fit into him? And what scope do I fit into his plan? What is it that God has for me to do? And it shouldn't be based on size or how many people. It should only be based on I'm hearing from the Lord and this is what he wants me to do. It doesn't matter if it's one person, two, or 20,000. It might not be but somebody that you work with or somebody that's in your family. But if you're doing what God told you to do, then God will let you live, multiply, and possess it. Amen? Are you hearing this? This is the grace of God. This is what's already on your life. You don't have to ask for it. It's there. So some of the stuff we're asking for is already out. Okay. All right. Okay. So let me say this. Let me see if I can put this in North Carolina English. Okay. So you, 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 you just say your father is rich and your daddy is because uh, we got the same daddy. So, you know, let's say in the natural, you, you got a lot of resources, right? You live in a nice house, got several cars parked outside, and the keys are in the car. You're a son, so you can go drive the car anytime you want. 
Let's just say there's a, there's a Land Rover, there's a Lamborghini, there's a Maserati, there's a Bentley, there's a, a S550 out there. All those kind of nice cars are out there, right? They're just sitting there with the keys in it, already, already detailed, just waiting. That's right there. They're just right there. They're right there. So you're a son. You're in the house. You live in the house. And you say, Daddy, can I drive one of the cars? He said, they're right there. They got the keys in them. Well, Daddy, you going to give me one? They're they right there. Just, just go get it. Well, Daddy, I need you to go, go get it and bring it to me. The dad says, the key's in the car, son. Yeah, dad, but listen, can't you go get it for me and just bring it to me? I'm asking you to live, multiply, and possess it. So, son, it, it's, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. It's yours. I don't have nothing. God don't love me because he ain't giving me anything. Son, the keys are in the car. Just go possess it. What you need, I already gave it to you. You just need to go get it. Let me see if I can give you a, a, a New Testament story. See, when the prodigal left, he left somebody behind, his brother. So the prodigal took the keys and ran. <laughs> right? Amen. He got the Bentley. Boom, he was gone. Right? But he, he lost everything. But see, a lot of people preach on the joker that left, the one that strayed. But I like to talk about the one that stayed. The one that stayed was still in the house. But when the prodigal son came back, what was his? He, he was angry because the daddy blessed the prodigal when he came home. And he said, all these, listen to the anger. All of these many, many years I've served you, yet you've never gave me a fatted calf so that I can make merry with my friends. And you know what the dad said? Son. You could have had any fatted calf any day of the week. Everything I have is yours. See, that wasn't the issue. The issue was the son that stayed wanted the daddy just to give it to him. When it was already his to go and possess. Are we seeing this here? See, some things we keep begging God for and, and oh God, I just need this. And he said, no, you just need to possess it. See, you possess it first in here. See, you got to say what you see in here until you see what you have said. So you got to have faith on the inside until something manifests on the outside. So you say, well, how do I possess it? Well, if you don't have it on the inside, don't worry about it. You're not going to get it on the outside. You got to say, God, I appropriate everything that's mine because you're my father and I'm your child. And if it's mine, if you said it's mine, it's mine. And if you said I can have it, I can have it. And I can arrest anything in my life in the name of Jesus. That is yours. Somebody said live. He said, I ain't come that you live, but have an abundant life. I don't want you just to be living, saints of God. I want you to thrive. Amen. But you thrive in him. See, this means that prosperity is not about a check. Because you can have the check and still be broken, pole-living in your mind. See, that's why when people that win the lottery in about five to six years, they just as broke 
as they were before they won the lottery. Why? Because they got the check, but they never changed their mentality. See, you got to change this mind first. Broke is a state of mind. Come on, somebody. And so when you prosper on the inside, you'll learn how to prosper on the outside. And when you're rich on the inside, you know how to handle the check on the outside. Oh, Lord, I just need $20,000. But you're not faithful over twenty. Yeah, that's tight. I knew it. I know that's tight. So that was a life lesson right there. Live, multiply, and possess. Are you in that right now? I was just in the living part. I was saved, and that was good enough for me. But now I've learned how to multiply. I've learned how to sit with people and pour into them. I've met with more people that you would not believe. I actually go out of my way now to sit down and meet with people. I've met with so many awesome guys have poured into their lives because God wants me to multiply. And for you to multiply, sometimes you got to get past your own schedule. Because, see, sometimes the reason we can't multiply is because it's against your agenda. And maybe God's agenda is not yours. Amen. And see, sometimes you got to go past your own agenda and get God's agenda so you can do some things and help bless them. Hello? Hello? See, listen, listen. You, you got something that somebody needs. You hear me? Antonio, Terrence, man, you guys got something that somebody needs. Michelle, Kim, you got something. Listen, Chris, you got something that somebody needs. Don't hoard it. Give it up. Talk to people. Bless them. Encourage them. Tell them God has a plan for their lives. Tell them how good that they're going to be. Tell them the blessings that God is going to bestow upon their lives. Encourage them. Let them walk away from you like, good gracious, I feel so good. Right? Can we do that? If we do that, man, we will not only multiply, but we'll possess everything that God wants us to have. Why? Because now you're going outside of yourself. You're allowing the Holy Ghost to speak through you to get to somebody else. And listen, this part, let me tell you something. This part right here is not going to happen if you sit back soaking. Oh, God, my life just, my life is just so messed up right now. Well, yeah, you just sit there because it's going to stay messed up. Because nobody's going to change your life but you. Amen. Stop worrying about what daddy, your daddy didn't do this. Oh, my daddy wasn't there for me. You better grow up. A lot of us didn't have our daddies there. But at some point, you got to take responsibility for where you are and be grown, folk. Take responsibility. Hey, never seen a daddy? Be one. Amen. Mother didn't treat you right? Be a good mother. Don't allow what you've been through to dictate who you are. Change it, guys. You, can't, you tell me you got the Holy Ghost and you can't change it? Turn the light on. All right, I'm sorry. Let me get to the next thing so y'all can go home, go home and eat. So listen, let me give you the second one here. The second one he's talking about is humility. Humility. Notice he says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all this way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. So humility is a part of us understanding what grace truly is. The Bible said in James 4, 6, it said he gives grace to the humble. So it's interesting, saints of God, that Jesus was afflicted when he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. 
This was in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to just paraphrase for the sake of time. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We guys, you remember that. You remember when Satan would tempt him with three specific things. And every time Jesus would say these words, it is written. Now, what you may not know is when Jesus said it is written, he referred back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, which I just read to you. It is written, devil, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. And so your, your living is not based on what you learn in the natural. Your living is based on what you learn spiritually. So God said, you can't really learn what I want you to learn if you're not going to go through something. Because through humility is when you learn how to operate in grace. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. This is one of the distinguishing factors that really, really hurt me from moving forward in the Lord. My pride. I mean, I could not move. I, it was like I was going nowhere. That, right, Sam, because I was so doggone stubborn. I wanted it my way. I wanted God on my terms. No, God, I don't No, I'm not doing that. You mean I got to forgive? What are you talking about? I hate them. Right, right? Am I, am I by myself up in here? Amen. And so I didn't want to forgive. What am I forgiving them for? They're the one that did it. Yeah. Right? They did that. Come on, son. They did that to me. And I got to forgive them. Well, yeah, yeah, the devil is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> then I want to use scripture. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's like some saints do. They want to use scripture to justify sinning. So here we go. Now I just slipped that one in there for free. It, listen. And so my stubbornness and my pride is what kept me from getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I want it on my terms. I'm like, well, you know, you can't give it to my wife and not give it to me first. How dare you? How dare you? I'm the prince of my house. I'm, I'm, you told me I, I'm the priest up in here. If anybody going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's going to be me first. Doggone it. <laughs> You see my arrogance? <laughs> and that's why I never got it, right? I couldn't even get it. And my wife in there just going off. And then I want to get mad at her because she was too spiritual. <laughs> no, she just wasn't too spiritual. It's just that I was too natural. I was too carnal. That's what it was. And I just got upset. And then the moment I said, okay, God, I am so sorry. I have been an idiot about this thing. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, Lord. I, I have no idea what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but God, I, I surrender to you right now, and I am so sorry. And I just began to pray, and all of a sudden I heard this language. That scared me half the dead, so I stopped. <laughs> I'm like, that's the devil. <laughs> I ain't saying that stuff. That don't even sound right. That's weird. Right? See, I was there too. Right? I was like, because that noise came out. I said, no, I'm, that, ain't, that ain't even right. Right? Because some people that don't know about the spirit and stuff, they think it's spooky. Because I did too, right? That's not spooky. That's God. It's spooky to you because you're carnal. <laughs> you know, understand spiritual things. So once I began to understand spiritual things, I was like, oh, my God, this is God. And I'm operating in him. Are, are you here with me, saints of God? So listen, let me just say this real quickly here. A lot of times we can't move forward because we're too busy trying to live instead of dying. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about dying to the flesh. Right? This flesh, man, this thing kicks up when you least expect it. 
I'm telling you, you can go along real good for a little while. And then all of a sudden, man, somebody cut you off. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Or you in the fast lane, they pull over in front of you. They came out of slow lane in the fast lane in front of you. And then they go slow. Oh, see, I I'm talking to the right church right now. I'm, I know I'm talking to the right folks right now because that's me right there. I'm like, how in the world you move over here? Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and you give him the one-way sign? <laughs> Look up to Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. And then you look, and you look down at the bumper, and they got that what would Jesus do sticker. And then you feel bad like that. Jesus wouldn't be fussing like I am, right? Right? Or, or, or something happens on the job, or even in your relationship, and all of a sudden you just go off on a tangent. And then you walk off and you go, well, what in the world are we fussing about? Right? And sometimes, sometimes it's better. Listen to me close. Sometimes it's better to reconcile than to be right. I would rather be reconciled than to be right. You need humility for that. And you say, well, if, if both of us are fussing, which one should have the, the humbleness to come out and repent? The one that's most mature. Now, didn't it get quiet on that? Everybody wearing socks today, boy. Ain't no one. This is quiet as a church mouse up in here. Amen. So uh, we understand in humility, right? But listen, we need humility to understand grace. We got to have it because he resists the, the word. That's a strong word, saints. He resists the proud. So you need to repent of your pride. Listen, I know the world says swallow your pride. What are you swallowing it for? You're going to still have it. You better stop listening to the world. No, no. You need to repent of your pride and loose yourself from it. That, that's what you need to be doing as a Christian. You swallow it. I'm swallowing my pride. That's why you're all jacked up, because you swallowed it. Amen. Hey, listen, in relationships, in relationships, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, relationships. And so even in relationships, it don't even have to be a married couple. You could just be dating, or it can be two friends that you have. There's still a level of humility that you got to have to have a proper relationship. Because, listen, if you've been friends for a long time, you ain't going to just love each other all the time. Just, you're going to you're gonna say something off the wall. You're going to look sideways at him. Something's going to be missing. Uh, that, 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 two ladies, like, man, you're messing with that dude. I liked him first. There's going to be something, right? And so you're going to be fighting on no dude. <laughs> look, a lady said, no, nah, we ain't fighting on no dude. I mean, you know, that brother got to bounce, you know. <laughs> so I love, I love a church that's real, boy. I ain't lying. I said, bye-bye. <laughs> hey, goodbye. So, <laughs> and so listen, but, but, you know, you go through things in a relationship, don't you? Especially if you've been friends for a long time. So there still has to be a level of humility for that relationship to grow. Well, why is that any different with God? See, the testing that we go through, which is my next thing, because he said, I brought you here to humble you and to test you. Right. So this is what this is. This is this is that 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 third one, test and trials. We have to go through tests and trials so we can understand grace. Come on. He, yeah, he ain't done with me either. Like, I'm still I'm still trying to work that thing out and how to process that. But listen, let me ask you a question. Do you think your faith would be as strong as it is if you hadn't gone through something? See, that's why you have to go through tests and trials, because you learn how to appropriate grace when you go through something. Amen. Because it takes the grace of God to keep walking. Come on, somebody, because it is easier to go back. It is easier to say, no, I'm not doing it. It is easier not to forgive. It's easier. 
Because when God says, I'm taking you this direction, I know it's the longer way around. But I promise you, if you go in the direction that I command you to go, when you get to the end state, you will have enough faith to continue the trail. Come on, somebody. And so if you go your route, that might be the shortest route. That might be the way you want to go. But then when you get there, it's going to have some sorrow tied to it. See, God can bless you with no sorrow tied to it. You know that, right? Amen. So, so let me give you the last one here because I want you to go. There's a lot of stuff I'm missing, but let me, let me oh, oops. Proverbs, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the Lord sets, tests the hearts. Crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the Lord tests the hearts. Crucible is for silver. The furnace is for gold. See, the, the crucible and the furnace is man-made. So God tests the heart. How does he do that? With a crucible and a furnace. But it's spiritual. Right? What's the, what's the reason you put silver and gold in a crucible and in a furnace? It's because you're trying to get all the impurities out. See, the only way you can remove impurities from minerals like that is you got to heat it up. And you got to heat up gold a lot hotter than silver because gold is more precious. And the more precious you are, the hotter the front. See, you might be saying, God, I'm just going through so much. Oh, I forgot, I'm gold. I'm gold. Somebody just lift your hand and say, I'm gold. I'm going through it because I'm gold. Right? I'm gold. God sees me as gold. So what he's trying to do is to get the impurities out of me. Because I'm telling you, it's nothing like going through something to show you that self-exposure, your heart's true condition. So what's in the heart of man right here? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That word desperately wicked means incurably sick. <laughs> that means your heart is sick. You got a sick heart, right? So when people say, God knows my heart, yeah, he knows your heart is sick. Now, you know, the Lord knows my heart. I'll go to church, but the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, your heart is sick. That's why you need to be in church. Can't nobody just say that when the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, your heart is sick as crap. You need to be at church. Your heart is sick. That's why I'm at church. Well, there's a bunch of hypocrites at church. Well, there's a bunch of hypocrites in the world, too. So, <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. That's the most secret parts. Even to give every man according to his ways. So why do I say all of this stuff right here? Because this is the part we want. This is the part we don't. <laughs> we want to live and multiply. We want to drive that nice car and live in this place. And we want to possess that stuff. We want to look good. And hallelujah, God wants you to buy a brand new Cadillac. But then we forget about all of this stuff right here. You know what this is? This is redemptive. This is resurrection. But that's not the end state. The end state is down here. It's raining. So a lot of us are stuck in the redemptive part. We just got saved. The resurrection part is, you know what? Paul said that I may know him. 
not just in the, the power and fellowship, not, not just in the power of his resurrection, but also in the fellowship of his suffering. Fellowship of his suffering is humility. Jesus had to humble himself even unto the cross. Hello? If he had not humbled himself to go to the cross, then we cannot operate in the power of the resurrection. Are y'all here with me? I'm just teaching. I'm not trying to preach. We're teaching here because we got too much preaching going on and not enough teaching because I'm trying to teach you how to live. You got to go beyond the redemptive power of God. That is not where he, that, that's not what he had in place in the first place. He didn't even want Adam to sin. Adam made a choice to. He wanted you to go beyond that state. He wanted you to live in paradise. He wanted you to live in a way unto him that you know what? I'm going to get hit with something. Ooh, you know what? I might get a little angry a little bit, but I'm all right. Because God is still faithful even when I'm, when I'm not. Amen? Because some of the stuff that we're going through right now, saints of God, it's not permanent. Don't make a permanent decision about a temporary situation. This is not permanent. You're going to get through it. You're going to make it. Now, you might not see a way through it right now because there's some other stuff that men and Lane just got hit with. And I'm like, Lord, I, look, it's going to have to be you. I ain't going to sit here and worry about it. It's going to have to be you. You'll show me how to do it and we'll get through it. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to hold my head up high. You know, some people come to church, oh, Lord, I'm just trying to make it. <laughs> Man, come on. Really? You're just trying to make it? You got the Holy Ghost? Hold your head up high. And say, Lord, you know what? It's me and you. We're going to do this thing. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.